Amen. Well, good morning, church. Morning. How's everyone doing? Well, can we just go ahead and give it up for the worship team and just say thank you for leading us so well today? Awesome, awesome time. So you can be seated, and I'm going to go ahead and pray for our service. Uh, Father, we love you. God, thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather together today. God, thank you that you're good. Lord, you're faithful. God, thank you that um, you are who we sing about. God, all those things are true. God, you are a healer and you're faithful. And so God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we all uh, would just be ready to hear the word of God and Lord, that you would, um, you would do what you wanna do in this time. Holy Spirit, we uh, invite you into this space as we open up your word. Uh, Lord, we love you and God, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, man, I am super pumped to uh, give you guys the word of God today. Uh, for those that don't know me, uh, my name's Buck, and uh, I have the privilege of serving uh, as the lead pastor at uh, our church in Dublin. Um, I am by far uh, the shortest of all the Connection Church pastors. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you wish, uh, yeah, I would have been taller. But um, today, we're going to be in week four of a series um, that you guys have been going through uh, entitled Guilt or Grace, and I've been loving it, uh, enjoying what, what God's doing and, and what uh, the team's been teaching about. And so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8. We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 uh, through 9, and we'll get started there. But before I dive in, I want to give a little bit of background as uh, I haven't been up here teaching in, in about five years, so uh, many of you, I'm sure, are, have never met me. And so um, I'm excited for you guys because this ministry right here, Connection Church Statesboro, is deeply woven uh, into my life, right? It's deeply woven uh, into uh, my ministry and my family's life. And so uh, I was a college student at Georgia Southern. Uh, proud of that, uh, still a Georgia fan. I'm one of those guys that's kind of a hybrid, right? Like went to Georgia Southern, but uh, in secret, I pulled for Georgia. Um, but it, and in my time here uh, at Connection uh, is where I really found uh, what it was to have a relationship with Jesus. And so beforehand, I was loosely uh, affiliated, but it was really through this ministry um, that God really showed me uh, who he was. And so um, if you think Brandon is fired up now, man, I'm telling you in those days, uh, we were meeting at the Blue Building uh, behind Burger King, and I, I, I'm never, it never ceases to amaze me as I look at this space and, and all that God's done since then. Um, it might have been small in those days, in that little Blue Building, but let me tell you, it was alive, okay? And uh, Brandon uh, was alive and preaching a message that was so simple yet so profound is that Jesus uh, loves us and he could meet people where they are, right? And uh, that heartbeat was to connect people to Jesus and really that heartbeat uh, hasn't changed. And so uh, if I could put it simply, back in those days, I lived with a guy named Billy Shiver, another young man lived uh, kind of close to our trailer park, young man by the name of Jordan Thigpen. And, uh, and in those days, again, I had not met Christ and I was probably going for the first few times looking for a girlfriend, but I'd be darned if I didn't find Jesus, amen? Uh, and I know a lot of the college students are out, but man, I'm telling you, uh, you never know what you're gonna find. Be in uh, the house of God. And so um, in, in that church, uh, I, I began to hear the gospel preached with power from Brandon. 
And then I would begin to understand community and fellowship uh, with Billy. And by God's grace, Billy Shiver. How many of you know Billy used to serve as a discipleship pastor? A few of us. Uh, he now serves our lead pastor uh, in Vidalia. And so um, from hearing the gospel preached and seeing the gospel lived out in community with my roommate, beginning to start Bible studies there in that trailer, I began to see that a relationship with Jesus was not a place to go for an hour, but a relationship with Jesus was a lifestyle. Amen. And so I want to tell you, if right now uh, you, you're kind of just coming on Sundays, uh, you're really getting the appetizer, right? Like if you've been to a uh, happy hour at a restaurant, like you get half price appetizers. I want to tell you, uh, this was designed to be done in community. And so if you haven't gone through heart and soul, if you're not in a connect group, I want to implore you, um, that is your next step. And so through that, I began to understand uh, community and connect group. And, uh, and really from there, uh, I've I understood what a relationship with Jesus was. And so I left uh, college uh, from Georgia Southern, a Christian, uh, someone who had given my life to Christ. And, uh, and fast forward six or seven years, uh, the very gospel that was preached to me, God began to raise me up uh, to go preach this gospel in Dublin, right? And so um, I was uh, a teacher uh, and an administrator at a school, uh, had a comfortable job. My wife was in a good spot. And so um, really the Holy Spirit just began to burden me uh, that Carly and I would go and to plant uh, a church laser focused on connecting people to Jesus, reaching people in the community uh, that no one was reaching, uh, uh, having a diverse church and a church that would be a blessing to the community. Now I want to tell you, this is the kind of leadership you have is that the leadership here at Connection Church Statesboro uh, came around my family, prayed with me, felt like the Lord was in this. And y'all, they resourced me, he, they resourced our team. And by God's grace, they sent us out. They put their yes on the table to see the gospel go forth. And by the grace of God, we've seen close to 200 people come to faith in Christ uh, in Dublin since that time. And so as we're in this series, uh, uh, Guilt or Grace, I want you to be reminded, okay, that not only is your faithfulness impacting Statesboro, but you're impacting communities all over uh, Georgia. And that is because of your faithfulness. And so um, I'm excited about that, but I really do believe there's so much more that God wants to do through you, through this ministry. You know, in the the... The, the short time you guys have been here, you know, it's been about 12, 13 years, I think. That is a relatively short amount of time, right? Did you know that the average denominational church is gonna see one person come to faith in Christ each year? One person. And you guys have planted six churches, okay? Five churches, six counting this one. Uh, that people are coming to faith in Christ almost on a weekly basis. I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to miss how, how unique that is and how that is a movement uh, of God's grace. But again, we have so much, I believe, that God wants us to do. So let's read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's start in verse number 1. This is what it says. It says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. They are, being, uh, they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that, God, that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. 
They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to. So we have urged Titus to encourage your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine, you can highlight that, how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor so that by his poverty, he could make you rich, okay? And so I was thinking about this and thinking about uh, preaching on generosity. And that's what this series has been all about uh, is the generosity of God, that we should be motivated uh, by grace and not by guilt. Well, um, what I wanna talk a little bit about today is that we should be uh, like a river, that our generosity should be like a river. And so uh, a pastime that my family, um, I have uh, three small children, uh, a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. Uh, something we've started doing this summer is that we've been going to the creek uh, to go fishing, right? And some of you are probably thinking, but your kids are, are three and two and you take them to the river. And yeah, man, listen, we're hopping in that water and we're walking through it. We ain't scared of no snakes, you hear me? I mean, I'm probably the only dad in America whose kids go to the creek with floaties on, amen? Um, and, and so we've been fishing in that river. And what I've learned about fishing, I'm sorry, fishing in that creek. Uh, but what I've learned about the creek and, and what a creek is, it's a little bit smaller than a river, uh, is that the panfish we're looking for, uh, they do not like moving water, right? Like we got a good rain here in Dublin. A week, week or so ago, we got a sure enough good rain. You know what I mean? I about swam to my office a couple days, right? And, uh, and so the, the creek came up and there was a lot of movement in that water. It was a free flowing, almost like a river. Well, those panfish uh, like to get in areas where it's still, it's stagnant water. And what happens in that creek when it rises is it spills over into like uh, little, little gullies, I guess is the word. And in those gullies, I'm gonna tell you, man, there are some red breasts waiting on you, okay? And so I've been taking my spin dandy. We've been catching 10 or 15 uh, out of that, that little uh, reservoir, that little overflow area. But something about there, though it may keep some panfish, uh, is it gets really nasty. It gets stagnant. I feel certain if we do run into snakes, they're gonna be in that little stagnant, nasty part. You hear what I'm saying? Um, and, and so the bass and other fish, they like moving water, catfish, those sorts of things. They wanna be in that water uh, that's moving, right? Well, listen, as Christians, I believe this is such a good example for us is that God uh, wants us to be a river of his love and his generosity, right? That we are not to receive his love, to receive his grace, to understand his generosity, and then to just sit, right? And to just keep it to ourselves. No, we are to be a river of generosity of all the good things you've experienced from God. Understand they weren't meant to stay with you, but they were meant to flow through you into the world, amen? And you guys gotta wake up a little bit. You either talk back to me or grab a Snickers, I'm gonna talk to you a long time, okay? Everybody with me, you understand? Hey man, I used to be a coach. We'll knock down five push-ups. need to, we good? Hey man, I heard it. Hey, Eric said he's in, all right? Listen, y'all better wake up. 
And I want you to listen into this, okay? We can't give away what we're not getting from God. Hear that again. We can't give away to the world what we're not giving from God. And so I wanna give you four things, okay? And if you're taking notes, I pray you'll take this with you because if you're open to it, God just may very well speak to your heart and change you, right? He may change you. And honestly, that's been my prayer is that even in the middle of summer, um, June 27th, I think is the date, that today uh, God would do something in your life that shapes you not only for this life, but for all eternity, right? And so verses one through three, let's go back and look at them. It says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia, okay? They were being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed into rich generosity, right? Now I wanna stop right there and I want you to understand what Paul is doing here, okay? So he's written two letters. This is the second letter to the church in Corinth, right? Um, the first one was a lot like a letter you get from the principal's office, right? Like there was a lot of messed up stuff going on in the church and Paul had to correct some things. And so this second letter is a lot more encouraging, but a lot more uh, teaching or instruction. And so what he's getting ready to do is he's getting ready to take up an offering uh, from the Corinthian church. And so what he's doing before he gets ready to take up that offering uh, is he's comparing um, what, what, what has happened in the Macedonian churches. And so um, when he says that they're experiencing troubles, right, and being tested by troubles and they're poor, listen, like that means they are poor. What has happened is the Romans have come in and literally has devastated Macedonia. I mean, they have taken their stuff, they have ravaged their economy and that these people um, are not like making hot dog and cheese quesadillas at the end of the month poor, all right? You see, I'm speaking from experience there, you hear me? No, no, they're like looking for meals poor. They're they are very much uh, in a poor state, right? Like these cats were poor, like sardine poor. Gas prices weren't going up by 25 cent people going bananas. No, they need food to eat, all right? And I want you to notice something here, okay? That, that their, their poverty was not inflicted by themselves, but it was circumstantial, right? Like, like a lot of times when we talk about poverty, sometimes um, it's self-inflicted. Wouldn't you guys agree? Right, and, and so one of the differences is when we look at poverty here, it's a little bit different than poverty there because sometimes um, our poverty is brought on uh, by lighting credit cards on fire, right? And I don't mean with a match, I mean by swiping, right? But listen, what is this series called? Guilt or grace? Uh, that's not for guilt, but to understand God has grace to meet you in that place and to bring you out of that place, amen? But these people didn't do it themselves, but no, the circumstances of their life uh, put them in uh, a poor state. But this is what I want you to see uh, in this part of the passage. Their joy was unaffected by their circumstances, right? What does it say here? Look in verse three, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. They did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift uh, for the believers in Jerusalem, right? 
And so what do we see? We see that out of joy, they gave even in their poverty. Why? How could they do that? But why could they be joyful givers in the midst of not having anything when their circumstances were so terrible and they didn't do anything to, to cause it, but, but it was just uh, the, the season of life they were in. Listen, their joy was unaffected by their circumstances because their joy wasn't rooted in their circumstances. Their joy was rooted in Jesus. Hear that again. Their joy was not rooted in the circumstances they found themselves in. No, their joy was rooted in Christ. And it was out of that joy that they could give generously, even from a place of poverty. I want to show you something too. These guys didn't have a whole lot to give. But it says what welled up in them out of that joy uh, was a blessing, was a blessing to uh, the church at Jerusalem. I want you to turn with me to Luke 21. This will be on the, the, the screen, but I want to read a passage out of Luke 21 with you. Really, really a special passage talking about a widow's offering. Okay, and the series again is, is all about generosity, that, our, that the grace of God should motivate our giving. Remember uh, that we can't give away what we aren't getting and what we need from God uh, is grace, right? And in that grace is the source of our generosity, of our giving. Now, uh, Luke 21, the widow's offering, this is what it says. It says, while in verse number one, it says, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two coins. Verse three, it says, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them for they had given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she was, has given everything she has. What can we learn? Listen, I want you to lean in. True Christian generosity isn't measured by the amount, but it's measured by the heart. How could Jesus say that? We're talking about some, some ballers up in here, man. They got out their yachts and they're dropping dough in these buckets. You hear me? And this little widow comes up and she gives, man. And Jesus says, listen, this lady has given more than all of you. Listen, generosity is a heart issue, not an amount issue. Hear that again. Generosity is a heart issue. Uh, listen, God does not need your money. Okay, it's already his. He has it. That's how Jesus could say, this lady gave more than y'all. Because see, not what, he, not what he's wanting is not big gifts. No, what he's wanting is the hearts of the people. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. But listen, once he has your heart, you're gonna be open-handed with what you have and you're gonna begin to see a bigger picture for your life than just the nine to five you're living in. You're gonna see that God wants to do something more with you and through you, through this ministry into the world. Now listen, it's measured by the heart. And if generosity is measured by the heart, we better be pretty, pretty sure about what's coming into our heart and then also what the source of our joy is. I don't know if y'all been watching the TV screen the last year and a half, man. It, it's rough out there. You guys with me? It, it, ain't, it ain't real light out in our country. Man, it's pretty dark. Maybe some of you come in here today and you find yourselves uh, in some bad circumstances. I know our nation's in a bad circumstance. Maybe some of you are struggling with sin. Maybe some of you are in a difficult uh, spot financially. Maybe uh, some, uh, there is turmoil going on in your relationships. There's turmoil going on in your marriage. Your kids are rebellion. Man, there, there are circumstances in your life that I know are difficult. And I know, man, all of us are work environments. They're just wonderful, aren't they, right? There's Christians littered everywhere. No, unfortunately not. I, I tell you, man, when I worked in the school system, 
talking about difficult circumstances. Man, I, uh, I, I remember thinking there are some joyless people that, that work with me, right? You ever felt that way? Uh, I, I remember thinking like, these are the kind of people that if I cooked a filet, a filet mignon, made homemade mashed potatoes, and then got a salad to come with it, and I fed uh, some of my coworkers, some of them would complain that I didn't have the right kind of dressing, amen? Y'all, y'all know anybody like that? That circumstances are a terrible place to find joy because see, here's the deal. We can't control our circumstances all the time, though we try to, Right? We can't control the circumstances we're in, not all the time. But listen, what we can control, but we can control where we get our joy from. Hear that again. We can control where we get our joy from. And so today, my goal is not to talk you into being generous. If it's motivated by me, it's going to last like a week. And then, heck, I'm, I'm headed out. You're going to forget about this short guy, right? No, 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 no. My job is this. My job is to elevate and magnify the name of Jesus because see, from here to all eternity, he's a sure place where you can find joy in all your circumstances. That's what I'm doing here today. I want to lift high the name of Jesus because see, he is a sufficient place to find joy regardless of your circumstances. Now, I wanna show you something crazy here, okay? Now look with me uh, back in 2 Corinthians here. I want you to look in verse, I believe, 4. Yeah, yeah. no, verse three and four. Let's listen to this. It says, uh, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. Listen, Paul's like, listen, these Macedonian churches, these folks that were in poverty, okay? I didn't have to jerk their chain. I didn't have to beg. I didn't have to drag them along. No, it says of their own free will, verse four. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. You wanna know something crazy? Paul wasn't doing the begging for the the church. The church was doing the begging to give. It says they were begging for the privilege like we want to share because we believe in what's happening here. They wanted to give. They wanted to do that. Listen, that's the mark of somebody that's on fire for the gospel. That's somebody that's on fire for the gospel, right? There weren't electric, there weren't, there weren't electric guitars and like, like worship services. No, man, listen. They were in an impoverished state gathering together with the fellowship of believers and they believed in what God was doing in them and what God had wanted to do through them that they wanted to give, they generously wanted to give so that the gospel could go forth, so that the church in Jerusalem could be strengthened and empowered to go forth. They were begging Paul, Lord, Paul, let us give, let us give. Listen, I've learned something about the Christian life. See, we exist to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. That's our mission statement in Dublin. And I've learned something as I've walked alongside with people, right, and and them getting connected. Usually, uh, this this process called sanctification. What that means is, 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 is when we get saved, listen, you don't teleport to heaven, right? Our souls may be there, but our bodies ain't caught up yet. You with me? And so something has to happen between now and heaven. That process is called sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus. Some of you may have got saved two weeks ago. Some of you might've got saved 12 years ago. But I wanna tell you today, the Lord wants to encourage your heart through this word. Listen how sanctification works as it comes to finances. It's usually the last thing we trust with Jesus and the first thing we take back when we wanna walk away, right? It's such a good indicator of our heart. Now listen, this is what I see. 
The more we grow like Jesus, the more this is what we wanna do with our resources, okay? Uh, number one is with being generous is like, I'm not going to. Until we've had an experience with Jesus, like that is not appealing, nor do we uh, want to. Then maybe if you grew up in church or maybe your parents said, hey boy, you, 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 or hey boy, hey girl, you, you need to tithe, it, it kind of becomes a, a have to, right? There's like, I'm not going to. Maybe one of the places we miss it is a have to. And then the third is this, is that we begin to see that even though we were dead in our sin, God gave his son to save us, right? Then it may get to a get to. Man, I have, I'm thankful I have the opportunity to give, but listen, a heart that's on fire for Jesus, this is the posture of their heart. The, the generosity becomes a want to. Lord, how can I be generous with my time, talent, and treasure today? And really the want to is the mark of someone that is lit on fire with the gospel, walking in step with the spirit. And the Macedonian church is a measure of that, of even in their poverty, even in their circumstances, even in their difficulty, they wanted to give to see the gospel go forth. And what that is, is a sign of hearts that have been flooded with the love of Christ. Flooded, a river that they're receiving from God and it's not staying with them, but it's flowing through them uh, into the world. See, we give because God gave to us. So listen, I wanna give you a couple applications here. One, we must find joy in God before we can find joy in being generous. Hear that again. If you don't, if you don't wanna be generous, listen, you won't find joy in it. Because see, joy has to be rooted in God, that we have to find our joy in Jesus and it begins there and really from there it'll go. So the second thing I want, I want to ask you a question. Today, have you come in here looking for joy in your circumstances or are you finding joy in Jesus? Hear that again. Are you looking for joy in your circumstances or are you finding joy in Jesus? The second thing I want to show you today is this. Generosity flows toward a worthy cause. You know, Brandon said something in this series I think, I think is just incredible. He says, God's vision is worth our investment. And I, 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 I absolutely stand by that. I think that is incredible. Let's see it in verse four. It says, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift to the believers in Jerusalem. Well, listen, like, like uh, giving, to, giving, like giving to this church, okay? What I want to show you is that they believed in the cause that they were given to. They believed in what God was doing. They believed uh, in the ministry of the church, right? They believed in gospel ministry. See, Paul wasn't raising money uh, for just a, 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 a weekend event. He wasn't raising money for a one-time gift. No, he was raising money for a church, right? Now listen, there's a lot of good things we can do in the world. Right? There's a lot of, of good things, good philanthropy, like good things that need to be done and they should. But let me tell you what the safest investment you'll ever make in your life is somehow, some way, giving to build up and send out the church. Because I wanna tell you what's gonna happen, okay? I want you guys uh, to hear this, is that in gospel giving, okay, we're giving to the only vehicle that can change the world. We're giving to the only vehicle that will last for all eternity. You know, the Bible says this, it says when Jesus comes back, okay? He's not coming back like he did the first time. No, he's coming back to judge and the only thing on this earth that will remain, okay? Is the body of Christ, the people of God. 
And so when you invest in God's vision uh, to, to strengthen the body of Christ, uh, to send out and to plant churches, you are planting and sending and giving toward the entity that are literally rescuing people from death to life. Now listen, I've already told you, you guys sent out, you trusted in me and a team of, of three couples, listen, six people to go into Dublin. You guys resourced that and sent it out and listen, those aren't just numbers we celebrate. Because of that, 200 people will spend eternity in heaven in Dublin with you and me because of your faithful generosity. Listen, that's a big deal. Those aren't just numbers. Like that's literally going to happen. You guys understand that, right? And see, they were, they were faithful to give to the church because they believed that. Now listen, we give to the mission of God. We give to God's church. We're generous with our lives because see, it comes to a point where we realize that if we have an eternity with him, we don't wanna go alone. We wanna reach others that will otherwise spend an eternity without him. And in this becomes the motivation to want to be generous, to see the gospel go forth because there's a million things good you can give to and there's never a bad time to be generous. There's never a bad time. If God's grace uh, is, is leading you to give, there's never a good thing, but I want, there's never a bad thing to give to. But listen, the chief need that needs to be met in this world is spiritual because eternal destruction far outweighs poverty. Hear that one more time. Uh, eternal destruction far outweighs poverty. And so what churches do is we engage lost people. And as we meet needs, we are seeking to meet the chief need, which is a broken heart with sin that's in desperate need of the love of Christ. That's what we exist to do. And that's what you guys are here to do, okay? We're not just here to do philanthropy. We're not here to get a good talk on what we should do. No, we're here to make a kingdom impact from now until Jesus comes back. We're here to see people go from death to life. And as you give to that, you don't just watch a handful of guys on the stage, some hyper-anointed uh, super Christians. No, listen, as you give, God wants you to go and to make a difference where you've been sent, amen? It's not to be on the sideline, but no, as you give, as you walk in God's grace, as you walk in God's favor, listen, God has work he wants you to do too, amen? Man, there's no time to be bored in the church. Like I said, man, y'all better talk back. We, we about to get on the push-ups I was talking about. Listen, there's no time to be bored in the church. One of the reasons I think the church is, several reasons, but one of the reasons the church loses, uh, is losing its, its hell-busting potential is that there's too many people that are bored. See, God didn't call us to be a fan like, a, like at the Georgia Stadium on Saturday. No, he called us to be a follower and to get in the game. Amen? Amen. All right, let's move forward. So listen, I want to encourage you to invest your life in God's vision. And I want you to know with generosity, I'm not just talking about just giving financially. I'm talking about your time, your talent, and your treasure, and your resources. It's worth the investment because you are investing in the only entity that lasts for all eternity. It's the only one. You can check it out. Check out 2 Peter, all throughout the scriptures. The church is all that will last. Third thing I want you to see, let's look in verse five. You guys with me? Everybody up? Good. We only have 11 at our church. I gotta get this nine o'clock. I gotta get it figured out. Listen, verse five. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord 
and to us. Man, this is good. Just as God wanted them to. Third thing I want you to see, generosity flows from a place of surrender. Generosity flows from a place of surrender. Verse five, it says that even, uh, that even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. That is the starting point of a generous life. See, they exceeded Paul's expectations and Paul recognized that why they exceeded their ex, his expectations, okay? They were truly surrendered to God. Hear that again. Why? Why? Because again, on paper, listen, on paper, let's take the Holy Spirit, let's take Jesus out on paper, how could a generous gift well up from a, a poor, poor church? Like, how could that happen? Like, nothing on paper says that will happen. But see, Paul understood that this is the mark that they were surrendered to God, that they had truly surrendered themselves to Jesus. Take this with you. Surrender is the starting point of a generous life. Surrender to Jesus is the starting point of a generous life. It says their love was genuine. Look for me in verse eight. He says, I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. And so again, just to bring you in some context here, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, okay? So he's commanding, he's not saying, I'm not telling you to do this, but no, I want to see what you're gonna do because I've seen what the Macedonian church has done, Right? And what he's saying here is that, man, this is showing the genuineness of their faith. They're the real deal. This is proof that they are the real deal. That is the only way they could give generously is because um, they love God. They were surrendered to God. They experienced that he was good. So listen, I, man, I, I, I used to, again, I used to coach, used to coach wrestling. And I really think it's helped shape my ministry of, of learning how to, how to communicate because w- what I was doing uh, was talking about 40 kids into spending four months every weekend with me instead of going out with their girlfriend uh, to put on headgear in a tight singlet and, and wrestle sweaty dudes, right? So I had to learn how to communicate. I had to learn how to lead stuff. But listen, there is nothing I could say, nothing in my power that I could say to motivate you uh, to want to love God and, and, and give your lives to him. That is a work that only the Holy Spirit can do and only by you hearing and receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that, that is the only place a generous life can flow from. Remember, my job today is to elevate Jesus. I want to read Psalm 34, 8. I believe it'll be on the screen. Uh, Psalm 34, 8. And this is what, uh, what it says. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Now, one thing you'll learn about me um, is I'm an eater. I I really enjoy eating. We just got back from Myrtle Beach. Uh, While they were looking at dinner shows, uh, I was looking at restaurants. You hear what I'm saying? Like that's the mark of a good vacation. And um, and there's just something about uh, truly, truly tasting tasting something that's good. Not only do we see it, but we taste it. Notice those two, uh, those two words there, to taste and see, right? And so many times why I think we aren't motivated is that maybe it's time to remember, and if we've never done it, we have to taste that the Lord is good. We have to sink our teeth into the reality of who Jesus is. 
See, Jesus is not, I, I talked about this last weekend, Jesus is not just a sacrifice uh, for us that covers our sin, right? But listen, he's the meal we need to sustain us for the journey. He's the meal we need to sustain us for the journey. We need to taste his goodness on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, because listen, we don't just need Jesus for eternity. We need Jesus for today. We need him. And we need to taste and see that he's good. Because see, another thing that I believe holds the church back from its potential uh, is an easy believism. You remember I was talking about when I was a college student here, um, I, I was not a hellion, right? Like I wasn't out there just going bananas. I did my share of stuff, right? And I, and I had sin in my life, but it wasn't a story of this devastation of, of rebellion. No, it was more of being a good guy. And what I would say I was is I was loosely affiliated with Jesus, right? It's like, it's like wearing a Freddie Freeman jersey, and then saying like, you know, Freddie. And listen, don't be one of those guys that calls him Freddie, like you're on first name basis. You're not. You don't know Freddie. Freddie Freeman, sorry. Gotta, yeah. I was affiliated with Jesus. I might even wear a Jesus shirt. But it was here in this church that I heard the gospel and I tasted it, that he was good. And that changed everything. When we truly taste and see that Jesus is good, we'll begin to follow him. See, what Jesus does is he brings us from spiritual death to spiritual life. He doesn't make us better, he makes us new. And see, what I believe is that the church just kind of floats around like a lump of nothing because there's no clear invitation uh, to follow and that the church uh, is, again, designed to be the most powerful entity, the most, um, the most radical, changing vehicle that we can see in the world. It is designed to be through the church. And that's not a handful of buildings in this community, in Georgia, in the U.S. No, it's the people of God. That's me and you that we have been given the Spirit's power to go and to make a difference in the world. There's no sidelines in that. No, there's only tasting and seeing. And man, listen, when you taste something's good, you want to invite others to come eat, right? Listen, I like to eat. I like to cook. And, and, um, and my, my dad is, is a really good cook and, and uh, he makes this barbecue sauce, right? And I've been telling him like, man, we ought to franchise this stuff, dad. Man, it's sweet. It's got some red pepper in it. Anybody like some red pepper? I mean, it's, it's just legit, super legit. And I'm like, dad, we should promote this stuff. We should, man, we should, we should franchise this stuff. Well, listen, what if I had never tasted that barbecue sauce? Man, I would not be led. I wouldn't know if it's any good. Like, I wouldn't want to go tell people. I wasn't going to go, go give it away to others. I wouldn't want it to go forward. But because, see, here, listen, we're not going to run with Jesus until we've tasted and seen that he's good. Amen? That's the only source, the only fuel that we'll have, okay? And some of you here today, you might have my story, sort of playing hopscotch with God, right? Like kind of one foot in, one foot out. Man, I was loosely affiliated, right? Loosely affiliated, I was a good guy, but I'd never tasted and seen that he was good in a way that it shaped my life, that I wanted to walk out of the sin, even though it was covered sin that the world couldn't see. What I began to see is that God saw me in my sin and he loved me enough to give me a way out to come and to trust Jesus. Because what I thought for so long is that a relationship with Jesus is all about how good you are. But what a relationship with Jesus is, is about understanding and receiving how good he is. Genuine relationship begins when we surrender our lives to Jesus and taste and see that he's good. And just like this church, 
that we just talked about. Genuineness is really marked with what we do with Jesus, right? We don't love, we don't, we don't serve, we don't give, we don't do things so that we will be loved by God, right? Listen, that you are saved uh, through faith alone, by Christ alone. There is nothing any of you could do to merit his love. I'm not talking about a, a works-based gospel because Jesus did all the work on the cross. But no, the more you begin to walk in the things of God, when you begin to love, to serve, and to give, no, what it's doing is growing confidence in you that the, what God has done in you is genuine and you grow in courage and confidence as you walk it out. Amen? Man, living it out is a confidence builder. It doesn't save you. Man, you've been saved by Christ. What you get there is you just respond in faith. But listen, saving faith always finds feet and walks it out. Saving faith always finds feet and walks it out. And what generous giving should do is it doesn't save you, but it leads to confidence in your salvation, Right? It leads to a genuineness of man. This thing that God started in me is the real thing. We don't give to God's vision, hope to, being, hope to be saved. We give because we have been saved. So ask yourself the question, have you had an aha moment? This aha moment that man, this relationship with Jesus, it's not about me. It's not about how good I am. It's not about how bad I am. It's not about how closely or loosely affiliated with Jesus we are? No, what, what is it? A relationship is all about him. Have you come to that place where you realize, man, I, I, I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been uh, affiliated, but no, today, man, I sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, no, listen, I want you to taste and see that I'm good. I want you to know true life. That leads me in the last thing I wanna share. Verse number, four, verse number nine, I want you to read it with me. Verse number nine of 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians eight, verse nine. It says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich. Now listen, I'm gonna stop right there. JC did a phenomenal job last weekend. He said that God bankrupt heaven. He was rich. Listen, he had far more than any of us could attain in this world. He had heaven. He had perfect relationship with the Father, right? Like he was in heaven. He had more riches, more glory than we could ever get in a million lifetimes in this life. He had everything. He was rich in heaven. And what we were, were spiritually starved and in poverty here, dead in our sin. Listen, I, I wanna tell you, there are things I've done in my life that I do not deserve forgiveness from. I've hurt the heart of God and I've hurt people. And, and I, I do not deserve forgiveness for that. And Jesus could have sat up there in heaven and looked down at us and said, man, look how they choose to hurt people. Look how they choose to hurt me. Look how they choose to run away. He, he could have just sat with God in heaven and just let us waste away in our sin, in our poverty, in our sickness. He could have just left us there and that would have been okay because we were doing the very thing that broke his heart. But listen, verse nine, second half. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, I want you to think about your name right now. For your sake. He became poor. He came and died on the cross. 
He came into that poverty, into that spiritual brokenness, into that pain and suffering. He, he came into the status we find ourselves in. He stepped in uh, to where we are. And not only did he step in, but he experienced the hurt we experience. And what he did is he took a cross, he carried it over 600 yards up a hill. He, he let the very people that he created put him on it, nail him to it. And what he did is he paid for our spiritual brokenness. He paid for our sin on the cross. In his richness, he left and became poor. Why? So that by his poverty, he might make you rich. And the very same place he left from is the place he's invited us to go to. That our richness is that we can know Jesus for forever. And we get to go to heaven. And so as we think about the gospel message, and I want that to just marinate for a second. That that is the standard of our life. When we know we've been invited to that place, okay? We don't wanna run away from that. We don't wanna go another day. We wanna receive that and listen. We wanna invite others to go with us. That is a church that will be generous with our time, talent, and treasure when we understand the generosity of our Savior who left heaven to come save us, amen? So what I want to do today, if you've never received Christ as Lord, man, maybe uh, you're, you were like me about 10, 12 years ago. You've been loosely affiliated. Or maybe today you may have just walked in for the first time and trying to figure this out. I want to tell you, no matter what you walked in with, God loves you. And that very message, even though you don't think it could be for you, you weren't here by accident. It was here for you. And God wants you to know that he loves you and he'll meet you where you are. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel message. Lord, I just pray right now, as you stir hearts, God, that, that, that there would be the faith and the courage to respond to your message, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would do that. And so I just wanna invite anyone in the room, if you're here and you'd say, man, you're right, I was not here by accident. This, this message was for me to hear and I want to taste and see that Jesus is good. I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Is that anyone here today? Is that anyone here? I'll give you guys just a moment. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If the Lord's stirring on your heart, uh, there's people responding right now, so you won't be the only one. Amen. Yeah, you won't be the only one. If you got those hands up, would you just keep them up real quick? The prayer team just wants to pray with you. Thank you. Amen. Well, let's continue to pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we, uh, we, we bless your name. God, we thank you for the message of your gospel, your grace. Lord, I just pray encouragement over Connection Church Statesboro right now. God, I pray that today that maybe some just need to be reminded of the magnitude of what we're doing. God, to be reminded of the blessing this church has been to the world. God, as they support missionaries, church planters, um, resourcing people, uh, God, providing training, God, all the things. God, maybe we need to be reminded of just what it is we're doing here, that God, we are brothers and sisters in Christ partnering together in the greatest love story this world's ever heard. God, that we are a part of a bigger story. 
God, let us be motivated by your grace, God, not by guilt. God, let us be motivated by your love, Lord. God, don't let us settle for going through the motions. God, would you awaken your church in this season? God, would you awaken us to the magnitude of what you're doing? God, would you just, would you just bless this church? God, would you move? God, would you, um, would you just continue to anoint its leaders? And God, would you continue to move in this body that it would be a radiant beacon of light here in Statesboro? And God, that in these past 12 or 13 years, Lord, that you're just getting started with what you wanna do through this body. God, awaken us to the truth and the beauty of your gospel. Awaken us to the calling you've given us to live it out. Awaken us to the calling to give our lives, God, to give faithfully, to give generously, and God, that we would continue to see people come from death to life here in this place. God, I pray this with all that I am, and I believe this. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this space and this time. In Jesus, God, your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we just had a couple of people go from death to life. Can we just say thank you to the Lord? Love you guys.